Good afternoon, Lafayette. Happy Friday. We have made it here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also be part of the conversation by using the KPL app. There is a chat button. If you open up the app up in the top corner, I believe it is, you will see a little chat icon. Looks like a little text box. Just tap that, select general message. You can send a message to the show. Would love to interact with you. I'm also trying something new starting today. So I've mentioned before, I use Substack as a way to get my daily columns and my show notes and everything out. You can go to joecunninghamshow.substack.com. You go to my Substack, you subscribe to it. Now, if you like using apps and whatnot, there is a Substack app, and they rolled out a new feature yesterday, which I'm, I'm curious about. And I want to give you the opportunity to uh, help me kind of test this particular thing out. The, the, it's the Substack Reader app, so any Substack you're subscribed to, it'll send you, rather than sending you an email, it will send you a notification through the app that that person, whoever you're following, has posted a new piece for you to read. There's now a chat feature added to it. So you can open up the Substack app, hit the little chat, there's a little chat button at the bottom of your main screen, and you can see who has, which, re, which writers that you're following has started a chat of some sort. So if you want to take part in the conversation that way, it's like a chat thread where I put up, I've started a thread, I've put today's show notes and I've put the, the live link for anybody who's not, you know, here in town listening through ter- terrestrial radio, there's a link to the, the KPL stream there. So anybody who is a subscriber on Substack can also listen live and send comments through the show. So now there's multiple ways to get in touch with me. Of course, there's the usual Twitter at uh, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show. And you can email me Joe at redstate.com. Loads of ways to get in touch with me. If you want to have, uh, if you want to comment on the show, anything like that. Today, I, I'm going to start today with a story that I wasn't sure that I wanted to start with. I wasn't sure that I wanted to go into it at all. And that is uh, the news that came out today. Axios has an exclusive. uh, This report, sources are telling them Donald Trump is looking to announce that he's running in 2024. And he's looking to do that on November 14th. So thankfully, he's not going to come out like the day before the midterms and say he's running. He's going to wait a week. He's going to wait until Monday the 14th, make his announcement and start his 2024 bid then. And there's a reason I debated whether or not I wanted to talk about this story. You've been listening long enough, you know. I am not sure. No, it's not that I'm not sure. I'm very sure that Donald Trump running in 2024 is one, a mistake, and two, is not something that's guaranteed to happen. Trump has been alluding to it. At a rally last night, he alluded to it. He's still drawing these big crowds. There are a few problems, though. 
there are four problems that I put into, to, into today's show notes, but there's a fifth problem that's kind of under the radar. It was briefly mentioned in a story. I mentioned it several weeks back, but we'll get to it again. But here are the four main reasons why I don't think Trump is going to run. The first, or let me, not the reasons he's not going, the reasons he's not going to run, but the reasons I know it's a bad idea for him to. The first one, he can only be president for one term. It is no two consecutive term thing. The Constitution, the amendment to the Constitution says you can only be president for two terms. So he's, he was there once, he was out for a term, he comes back, that's it. The second reason, and, and this one addresses a lot of what people usually will call in or send me a message and tell me. Well, let, you know, let's get Donald Trump on the ticket. Let, let's get Ron DeSantis to be his vice president. Well, first of all, vi Ron DeSantis is not going to be anybody's vice president. Ron DeSantis is not going to play second fiddle to anybody. That's just a fact. The problem, though, is that in the Constitution, buried in the Constitution, is this one little bit that essentially forbids a presidential and vice presidential nominee from being in the same, uh, from the same state. And Trump's not changing his residency to New York. He's under investigation there. They will come after him hard if he changes his residency to New York. He's going to stay in Florida. But in the Constitution, it does say if the president and vice presidential nominee are from the same state, you cannot count that state's electoral votes. It's a measure put in there to make sure that one state does not have supremacy over the other states. So if DeSantis and Trump are on the same ticket, then you cannot count Florida's electoral vote. And Florida has what? Like, let me pull up the map and see. Like 30 votes, 29, 30 electoral votes. You cannot give that up in a race to 270 electoral votes. You just cannot. Especially when Florida right now is swinging so hard to the Republican Party. You cannot give up those electoral votes. And we know Ron DeSantis is going to run, and we know that Donald Trump wants to run. Or rather, I should say, we know both men want to run. 2024 is the year for both of them. The problem is both of those two going up against each other. That sucks all the oxygen out of the room for everybody else. Now, we, every Republican that is eligible to run wants to run. They see 2024 as the open year. I just right now cannot see it going to anyone other than those two. And I'm not convinced that Trump is really still going to be the guy two years from now. The bigger problem, though, is that Trump thinks Trump is, is riding high right now. Trump thinks he has a mandate because all of the candidates that he backed for federal office. They're all poised to win. I'm still not convinced on Pennsylvania, but we'll get to that later. All of the federal candidates he's backed are poised to win on Tuesday. Candidates in statewide offices, those non-federal jobs, those have been losing. The, the person he backed against Brian Kemp lost. The person he backed 
or I'm sorry, he, he backed Doug Mastriano, who won the primary, but is going to lose the governorship in Pennsylvania, barring a miracle. His statewide candidates, his non-federal candidates haven't done great, but his federal candidates have done a great job. Trump is going to take that as a mandate that says the American people want me. And the truth of the matter is the American people don't want Trump. The American people want something other than the Democrats who have been in charge for two years and everything's gotten worse. Everything the Democrats have touched has died. The final reason, and this is the one that I think Trump is most aware of, but Trump may be too stubborn to actually take it into consideration. Everybody over the summer was talking about the Democrats taking the lead in the polls. And, oh, there is no Republican wave. There is no red wave coming. The Democrats are surging. The Democrats didn't actually surge. The Democrats jumped up a little bit, but it was the Republicans who crashed. There wasn't much of an abortion bounce, but there was a big drop-off for Republicans. Part of it was the Dobbs decision, but a large part of it was also the fact that Donald Trump was in the headlines a large amount toward the end of the summer. You had the Mar-a-Lago raid. You have the constant uh, reporting on the investigations in New York. Trump himself coming out and making statements. I mean, he was in the news. He, he was in the headlines more at that one time period than anywhere else. That played a role. Because it reminded everybody that Trump was still there and Trump was still the leader of the Republican Party, supposedly. And that was a drag on Republican poll numbers. It's not a coincidence that Trump being in the headlines and the Republicans' poll numbers dropping. That's not a coincidence. I'm sorry to say. But those are the reasons. Now, there's one other reason before we take this break. And I know I'm running long, but before we take this break, there is another reason that Trump may not decide to run for president. The Republican National Committee has said the moment you declare your candidacy, you're a candidate. We can't give you any more money. The RNC has been giving Trump a lot of money to help him fight his legal battles from all sides. The moment he declares his candidacy, that money dries up. And he's got a lot of legal bills. So I'm not entirely sure that he's going to go through with it. And if he does, I think it's a huge mistake. All right, 232-1542, reach out through there, the app chat, wherever you can reach out to me. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation and, in fact, already have some callers. we got Stephen on the line. Stephen, how are you today? Oh, doing good, Joe. Doing good. Hey, buddy. Look, it seems like everything that you say is, is an angle towards, uh, you know, towards Trump in a, in a negative way. And... and I know it's kind of almost natural for you <laughs> as, 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 uh, just that everything that you've said so far just seems to like be like, Hey, Trump just needs to take the off ramp. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if, if that's, I mean, that is, yes, I, I, I've been on the record before as criticizing it, but I've, as, as far as, let me go back 
as far as when Trump was president, I didn't like the guy. There were things that he did as president that his administration did that I did like and support. But at at this point, where we are right now in terms of the future of finding a candidate for the GOP, I don't think he's the guy. And it's not because of my personal biases. It's just looking at the the, the facts in front of us. Right. I, I mean, I think if you took yourself out, like, in the third person and, like, really observed what you're saying, I think you might see that a lot of the, the biases that, that you do possess, you know, away from Trump. And, look, I was a Cruz guy in the primaries in 2016. I was – and I thought that Trump did a really dirty thing by – uh, you know, dragging his his dad into the whole mix. Uh, you know, claiming that he was some. You know, floating it out there that he was a, a you know a Cuban uh, Castro supporter. But uh, yeah. you know, all that stuff behind us now. I mean, Cruz actually did some actually did some really dirty tricks to uh, uh, Ben Carson. You know, back in the day um, during the primaries. Um, I don't know if you recall what he did. Um, it was, I think it was in Iowa. He had uh, did some some quick calls to Carson supporters and saying that, you know, uh, Carson wasn't a, a formidable candidate at that time and that go ahead and just cast your lot in with Cruz because, yeah. you know, a lot of people were crossover votes to, to Cruz that were supporting Carson. Yeah, yeah. He, it, it was a message that was sent out to supporters. CNN is reporting that Ben Carson will stop campaigning after Iowa. Make sure to tell all of your peers of the caucus supporting Carson that they should coalesce around the true conservative who will be in the race for the long haul, Ted Cruz. Yeah. And, uh, Bingo. Cruz, and Cruz did go back and apologize for that. Yeah, and, and politics is just a dirty sport. It's a blood sport. I mean, and especially at primary absolutely. time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and you know, and and all that aside, like I really was, I was completely like, uh, actually very frightened that Trump was a dark horse, or actually that he was basically a uh, not a dark horse. Um, what we call that a uh, Trojan horse, you know, mm-hmm. you know, jumping into the Republican primary and doing the Democrats' bidding because he was a he was a Democrat to begin with, and you know, being as savvy as he is. As a uh, as a businessman, I mean that that translates well into politics. Um, I, I really thought that he was he was doing uh, you know the RNC a, a disfavor in, in trying to, to bolster the Democrat you know uh, yeah. narrative there. Um, but I mean he he followed through with so many things. He did. I and- just don't see at this point how like you can just be so. I, believe me, I know I can I can hold a grudge about a lot of things, but um, and maybe maybe Trump isn't going to run. But I mean, I think he might. I don't know. His ego is probably going to take him there. I oh. think he's going to run again. Um. There, there, there. Yeah, the ego is definitely part of it. And and look, I'm 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 trying really hard. I, I, again, I've been open with my biases. I've taken a lot of of calls of people mad at me for it. What I've said today, though, is just a straight, I mean, it's my bias. The Constitution is not my bias. The Constitution, about the thing about him and DeSantis and the fact that he cannot run for two terms, He's, he can only run for one more term. That's just the, the lay of the land as that is. Looking at... I mean, if I was you, man, I'd be angling to say, to say why, you know, I mean, well, I guess McConnell's, uh, you know, term is, is uh, years, years off 
to be backed up, uh, you know, for election. But I would be doing everything I possibly could to get people like McConnell and all of these uh, rhinos just out. They're so dirty, and they're oh. they're in bed with China and just. I, that those are the worst people to me. Those are the most un-American, uh, you know, Republicans that that we have in our party. I think I would, it would go a long way to just, you know, they say on those guys more, you know. I, you, you're right, Stephen. Unfortunately, we're right up against the hard break here, but I appreciate your call, and I want to address that when we come back. I'm not going to leave you hanging on that. I oh. will address that. Thank you very much for the call. Anybody else who wants to call, 232-1542. We'll be back here in just a moment on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, this is why I'm not a good politician, because I'm not going to dodge Stephen's question. Why don't I go after those establishment Republicans like McConnell and the others? And here's why. Mitch McConnell isn't up for re-election right now. Mitch McConnell, unfortunately, is the reason Roe versus Wade was overturned. I've been writing at Red State going on 10 years now. And there is plenty of column space that I have written calling uh, Mitch McConnell the greatest supervillain the conservative movement has ever known. Uh deriding him for his votes, deriding him for pushing back against conservatives and Tea Party conservatives got, that have gotten elected, push back against him, push back against John Boehner, have criticized plenty of Republicans who were in that swampy establishment. But right now, Roe versus Wade has been overturned because Mitch McConnell finished what Harry Reid started went with the nuclear option, gave us a very conservative Supreme Court, overturned Roe v. Wade. The judicial system, the entire judicial branch has been fundamentally turned more conservative because of Mitch McConnell. That is to McConnell's credit. It is very likely those things would not have been as possible without McConnell, who has been in Washington, D.C. since time immemorial, because there are very few people in Washington, D.C. Who, who have the institutional knowledge of Senate procedure that Mitch McConnell does. He has pulled every string he can to make sure procedurally that the GOP wins as much as possible. And at times, that does come at the expense of the conservative movement, and I hate him for it. Hate's a strong term. I don't hate anybody. I dislike him because of it. And it is Mitch McConnell's time to go. And it is time for new conservative leadership in the Senate. I dislike McConnell for the same reason that I dislike Kevin McCarthy. They are both creatures who are more interested in their own power than anybody else's. The problem right now, though, is that every senator in Washington, D.C. owes something to Mitch McConnell because, because McConnell 
controls so much money. He's got a very, very successful pack. Puts out a lot of money. I mean, his pack has given a lot of money to the very Senate candidates who said they would vote against him for majority leader. Do you really think they're going to vote against him if he's the one who has helped fund a lot of their campaigns? Mitch McConnell is probably there until he decides to step down, which is unfortunate. But luckily, is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Now, what does that mean for conservatives who are going into the Senate? Who is there right now? Well, you've got Ted Cruz. You've got Mike Lee. I think Mike Lee would be a fantastic majority leader. There are not many people who are as smart, as constitutionally literate, and as conservative as Mike Lee. Despite what people may say, there are very few people in the Senate right now who would be as good a conservative leader as Mike Lee. There just aren't. We have a chance right now in this election, though, we're, we cannot worry about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is a thing to worry about after the next Congress is seated. Right now, the thing to worry about is how do you make sure as many Republicans as possible win? And Mitch McConnell, unfortunately, has been a big factor behind that. Yes, he's pulled money out of some races that he thought that they couldn't win. And yes, the Senate Leadership Fund has actually scrambled and put money back into some of those races because the tide turned. But there is still the issue that Mitch McConnell commands a lot of money, a lot of respect, a lot of authority in the Senate. And the Senate, the U.S. Senate and the United States would be better off with Mitch McConnell out of there. But until he makes that determination himself, we're kind of stuck with him. But we're not stuck with different options, different pathways moving forward. If you can find a good, strong leader, somebody who can be a good two-term president to help undo what Joe Biden has done, and can start taking the country forward, and you need two terms to do that, you can counterbalance Mitch McConnell a bit. And that's what you need. You need to find a strong leader who can do that. All of that said, though, there is something to be said for the local fights as well. The Democrats are in trouble right now because they don't have a bench. They don't. The Democrats do not have a bench. They are trying to figure out how to get somebody to replace Joe Biden in 2024 because every candidate out there sucks. Kamala Harris is at times less coherent than the doddering old fool who sits in the throne of America. Pete Buttigieg may or may not be on parental leave again. I don't know. I haven't seen the guy since he got back from his last parental leave. Hillary Clinton, not a chance. Everybody's done with her. She's going to campaign in New York right now. Michelle Obama hated Washington, D.C. the first time. She doesn't want to be in command of it now. 
She and Obama are done. They're making millions in the private sector from Hollywood and other places that adore them. They're not going back to Washington, D.C. So what are, what are the remaining options for the Democrats? They have no bench. The Republicans right now have a very deep bench. But eventually, a lot of those older guys are going to start stepping down and those younger guys are going to start stepping up and some of them will run for president. Some of them will go back to their states and run for governor. Some will go into the private sector. They will do something else. And in order to have great leadership at the presidential level, you also need to make sure that you have stellar leadership at the state and local level. And we, here in Louisiana, we have that opportunity right now. Because once this election cycle is over on Tuesday, we're already into the 2023 election cycle. And now we have to make the decision, who's going to be our governor? Who's going to be the lieutenant governor if the current lieutenant governor runs for governor? Who are we putting into these seats that are going to open up in the state legislature? Because we have to build up the next generation. The next generation of people who can go from legislature to Congress or legislature to governor or wherever. And then those people from governor on up, those people from governor to senator, senator to governor, and move on up. And that's one of my current problems right now. And this goes back to my bias that Stephen was mentioning earlier. I don't want to look at the past. Donald Trump is the past. He is the bridge that got us to where we are now. And look at what's cropped up behind him. Look at what's cropped up since he came and went. You have Ron DeSantis. You have Terry McAuliffe. You have, we're about to get a Republican governor in Nevada and a Republican governor in Oregon. We have strong Republican governors. I really think that the next wave of good presidential candidates is going to come from the governor class, not the senator class, and not the businessman class of Americans. The people who have shown they can be executive leaders in their states are now going to step up into that executive role in Washington, D.C. I think that's just naturally where we are. And if we're clinging to what happened in 2016 and 2020, we're not looking ahead to what's in the future. The future with a new leader who can take us in new directions, who can continue the work of the last leader. And trust me, some of these guys are just natural extensions of what we've had, but they're better aimed for it. All right, let's take this break. I know some of y'all are trying to call in. We'll get to your calls here after the break right here on the Joe Cunningham Show, 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation as well. We'll be back in just a moment right after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Let's, uh, before we get to the phone calls, real quick, uh, today they formally introduced uh, Judith uh, Astorge, who is the new police chief in Lafayette Parish. So uh, once again, uh, congratulations to her. Uh, congratulations to the Guillory administration for, for making what, a, what sounds like from the people I've, I've spoken to a very good choice. And I know that there is a lot of work. She said today that, that one of her big goals was to make sure that the, that the police department was more visible and more transparent. I'd love to see that going forward. All right, let's go to the phone lines again. We've got Major on the line. Major, good to hear from you. 
Hey, thanks, man. Uh, you put it perfectly about Trump being the bridge to where we are now in conservatism. I thought you put it really well, and you, you may have finally convinced me that maybe we can dig deeper in that bench and find somebody um, other than Trump. But, you know, I do love him in a way. I know he's not really a conservative, but, man, I just loved him scrapping with the with the media, and I, and I, I really miss that. They deserve um, it. They, the media does deserve it. Oh yeah, I I've, I lost all faith in um, in the media many years ago. Probably I want to say it was probably when uh, the when the the, the, the Chad the, the Florida Chad incident. That was when my uh, mm-hmm. faith in the conser- in, in in actual objective journalism. When I realized that it really wasn't objective at that point. Um, and then from then on, it just got worse and worse to where now it seems like the media is is the party and the Democrat Party is the 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 the, the workers that work for the media. It just seems like the media runs it. But, uh, yeah, you, you did put it really well. That's probably the first time I've heard it said like that. But you are right. I mean, um, Trump is the reason why we have what's going on today in conservatism. And as much as I really dislike Mitch McConnell, yeah, you are right. Uh, if it wasn't for Mitch McConnell, <laughs> we would have uh, Gorick sitting in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Is it Gorick? Yeah, the guy, that, the guy that's uh, a complete you know, fraud sitting in, in, a, in a position right now. He would be permanently installed in the Supreme Court, and God knows what we'd have in Supreme Court right now. I think they're about to make another great decision on, a, on that affirmative action case. And, you know, if it goes like it sure is hinted, it, that's yeah. Mitch McConnell that did all that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, and you're right. It was, it was Merrick Garland, and, and you know, uh, now he's sitting at the Department of Justice, and he, he cannot be very happy because right now his department has to investigate uh, Hunter Biden. Um, they're 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 pulling out all the stops. You know, the GOP released a massive report today on just how politicized the FBI has become. And that's got to be giving him a little bit of heartburn as well. But, uh, Major, thank you very much for the call. Uh, I always appreciate always hearing from you. Uh, we've got a couple calls we've got to get to. Thank you again uh, for calling in. All right. Two, three, two, fifteen, forty two. If you want to call, we've got Kyle on the line now. Kyle, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't have any issues with you kind of, you know, shining a little bit of darkness on, you know, Trump's prospects mm-hmm. for 2024. Um, because I feel like if he gets in the race, it'll just be the 2020 election all over again. And what I feel very strongly about is that with the way that mental patient that we have in the White House right now is running the country. Yeah. We could nominate literally anyone, and it's a lock for the presidency, except Donald Trump. And honestly, because I think I think it's still polarizing for those people that are in the middle, mm-hmm. that are maybe you know central. I think we get less people um, voting to get a Republican and get whoever on earth that the Democrats are going to put on that ticket in in 2024. I think I think we. It's it's the nail in the coffin if we can just get someone that's not Trump. And Trump can endorse him, and obviously that's been shown to have been helping mm-hmm. in these midterm elections. Yeah. So if he wants to play to the strength and, and do it for the sake of the party, then then that's what he should do. But as far as running for president again, 
that would be awfully uh, selfish of a move of him. And I'll uh, I'll hang up. Let you talk. All right. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you very much for the call. Um, and you know that that's that's one of the things that that really I've said from the beginning. Trump has the opportunity, and he's shown it in the midterms. Now, there has been a lot of there's been some question about some of the candidates that he's backed, but. He has shown that the people he's picked, a lot of them are definitely capable of winning elections. Now, does he, un- does he take that and does he play the role of kingmaker? Like I said earlier, he is kind of the bridge to where we are now, to where conservatism is now. So does he take that as kind of the elder statesman of the new conservatism, whatever you want to call it, and does he pick his successor? I'm not sure. The ego thing does come into play, to be honest. There is an ego thing there. But at the same time, there are a lot of factors, those factors that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And I didn't intend to spend my entire time talking about Trump, but here we are. Uh, Then again, it's it's much better than talking about polls again, isn't it? Uh, You know, there is, I mean, you're right, uh, Kyle, that you do run a bigger risk with Trump in 2024 than you would with other candidates. But it also depends on who the Democrats run, which is still an unknown. All right, you guys have a fantastic weekend. Shannon is offsides next. In the meantime, twitter.com, uh, follow me at Joe P. Cunningham, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Join Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. I'll be with you guys again next week here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.